at the near side circle with 5.3 seconds remaining. Tambellini gives the Wolverines a 6-5 lead. This is Blair. I'm here with Tracy Chapman, Ben Harper, Tom Waits, and Patty Griffin. You guys don't want to speak? Okay. They've elected me to let you know that you're listening to WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Where the light beams, where the mind dreams, and life seems to go on forever. Where the bones break, where the stones shake. Chicago. Well, to another edition of Gray Matters, the weekly news and media talk show. My name is Dick Whaley. And I'm Jim Dwyer. And uh, you are listening to WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. What a nice day. Oh, lovely. Maybe uh, spring is finally, finally here. I've noticed a big improvement in the foliage in the last couple of days. So these days are always quite interesting in Michigan. Uh, yes, indeed. We're getting some sort of a little bit of extra sound in here from the speaker behind me. But uh, if we start feeding back, I'll just go into my uh, air guitar solo. Yeah, your Jimi Hendrix or your Donald Trump quotes for all occasions. Good Lord. Uh, more uh, nonsense. Mother of all bombs. What a <laughs> what an expression. Uh, yeah. Yeah. See here what what uh, was Pence's statement uh, in South Korea? He he says uh, if China doesn't take care of the threat, referring to North Korea, we will. And he says, uh, oh, you know, uh, don't test Donald's resolve after the missile attacks in Syria and Afghanistan. Of course, the uh, mother of all bombs seemed to have uh, created a tomb to the unknown ISIL soldier. <laughs> Uh, symbolic, what's it mean? I don't know. Uh, well, Karzai, of course, uh, came out and denounced that. You know, uh, bombing Afghanistan is like beating up a third grader. Yeah. Quite frankly. It's, a cave. Yeah. It's, <laughs> you can do it and you can get away with it. And nobody's going to stop you. Nobody can stop you right. in Afghanistan. So it makes you look like a big man beating on a third grader who, uh, I mean... Afghanistan has already been bombed up to the Stone Age uh, in, you know, previous decades. Which, of course, it's still been living in for the right. last... exactly. So it's... it's uh, Centuries. It's it's more like flipping the bird to somebody. It's a gesture. It doesn't really... It's not going to accomplish anything. No. It's not really a tactic. Um, you know, ISIS in Iraq uh, is is maybe something that requires you know some sort of uh, military response in a measured sort of way. But even the very name of this bomb, uh, which you know all the headlines were calling it "Mother of All Bombs," it's actually called the Massive Ordnance Air Blast. But I would be willing to bet money. I don't know this for a fact. I could be wrong here, but I'd be willing to bet a, a buck or two. That the bomb was named the Massive Ordnance Air Blast so that it could be nicknamed the Mother of All Bombs. Yes. Because 
massive ordnance air blast is just a generic term for a, a big ass bomb. It could have been called the big ass bomb and and have been just as accurate. But is this what we've come to? We're we're going to use Saddam Hussein type phraseology to name our muscles, our pecs, our yeah. military might. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, that's a Saddam Donald. Hussein expression. The mother of all battles. The mother of all battles. Yeah. The uh, and of course uh, with Syria. You know, it's obvious that Trump is trying to get applause, trying to get headlines. You know, I I, I can't believe he hasn't uh, invoked uh, Jeb Bush's famous uh, appearance in the campaign when he said, uh, can I get a little applause here? <laughs> you know, it, Trump wants to have a parade. And, of course, uh, you know, it's now been exposed that in 2013 he said, don't attack Syria, fix America. Now our strategy seems to be attack Syria. Don't fix America. Uh, who knows where this is going, but the notion that, uh, as Pence now is trying to sell Donald Trump's, quote, resolve in his trip to Asia uh, with these sort of threats, and of course the new threat of the week is North Korea. Well, the guy does have a hairdo worse than Trump. And he does. He likes to, parades. He likes parades, and he he likes showing off his missiles too. Oh, but the most recent one was kind of a fizzler. Kind of a fizzler, and he likes attacking the Sea of Japan. <laughs> you know, it's it's kind of like uh, okay, North Korea five, Ocean Zero. Exactly. <laughs> the fish are, are still winning. Uh, he's polluting the Sea of Japan. Uh, he's an idiot, <laughs> of course. Uh, I did find that London Review of Books book, uh, that article about the from the March 30th edition about the most expensive weapon ever built, article by Daniel Soar about the F-35. Mm. And I just wanted to read this because it's uh, interesting uh, information that, of course, the American media ignores this kind of thing. Uh, about the F-35, this basically details the fact that Israel is is buying, uh, planning on buying 50 of these units uh, at a total cost of $7 billion. Daniel Sora writes, on the night of uh, January 12th, there was a series of explosions in the Meza military airport on the outskirts of Damascus. A few warehouses were destroyed, but nobody died. The Syrian government blamed rocket attacks launched from Israel. The targets were missile systems sources close to the Israeli government said. They could have been delivered to Hezbollah in Lebanon. According to some reports, however, the attacks were carried out not by rockets, but by fighter jets, specifically the Lockheed Martin F-35 Lightning II, the joint strike fighter, a U.S.-built fifth-generation stealth jet was super-advanced avionics that has been under development for the last 20 years at a cost of many billions of dollars. Hmm, who's billions of dollars? In early March, a reporter from Figaro, Georges Malbrunot, said that according to French intelligence sources, the strikes have been unquestionably carried out by a pair of F-35s. Not only that, but one of them had gone on to buzz Assad's palace in a, <clears throat> a screw-you show of force. The article then goes on to detail how the F-35 here in America involves jobs, lots of jobs. Forty-five states 
are involved in producing this uh, this weapon. And this, of course, is how it uh, basically gets the support of Congress that's compliant with this sort of nonsense, because uh, I keep talking about the fact that with Trump now, we are entering an era of total and endless war, mm. sort of everywhere. Uh, just last week, by the way, it was reported that uh, Trump is now planning on selling uh, light fighter jets to the Nigerian government. Yikes. Because that'll help fight Boko Haram. Yeah, and of course, Boko Haram is in the... In that fine Democratic Republic. Northeast corner of Nigeria, over near Chad and Niger. How this is, you know, the militarization of the continent of Africa is hardly going to help. Um, I will uh, add this little brief sentence or two from uh, Daniel Soros' article, The Most Expensive Weapon Ever Built. The joke term for the F-35 is political engineering. For all of its rivets, bearings, shafts, ducts, and pipes, as well as its fiber optics and sensor systems, the F-35 program now involves more than 1,200 suppliers in 45 U.S. states accounting for 40,000 jobs in Texas alone. It's the brave congressman who will stand up and complain about appropriations when hordes of sizable businesses are going to have, uh, have it built for him. And by the way, he goes on to detail that this is also, uh, we buy international parts. That can't be the cheapest way to make that plane. If you've got 45 states involved in the manufacture of separate parts for it, clearly this is a, this is a ploy to uh, butter the bread. Yes. Talk about guns and butter here. Uh, to butter the bread of palatability here for the pliant Congress. And, of course, the, the other interesting factoid that he gives in uh, this article is he writes that the last American fighter jet to be recorded lost to an enemy aircraft was an F-A-18 shot down by an Iraqi MiG in 1991. So our air power, that of course the media is enamored with, that Donald Trump wants to have this big parade, this show of resolve, sending the message. Um... <clears throat> We don't have any uh, opponents that can stop these weapons. In fact, it's interesting that Donald Trump, when he attacked Syria a couple of weeks ago with the Tomahawks, informed the Russians before he did Congress. Mm -hmm. Hmm. I wonder why. Well, it's also interesting to note that he's using the phrase, I just notified my military. My military. My military. His military. Not the servant of the people of the United States, but his personal military. And that's basically, I'm sure, how he sees it. Um, these tweet reversals that you've just made reference to uh, over the past couple of years, things he's done now that he's president, things that he condemned Obama for, they show no signs of growth in either intellect or character. So it's troubling to note that in addition to this, the bottom of the uh, article in the, uh, what was this, uh, Saturday, April 15th, New York Times, a giant bomb carries even bigger messages. Um, last couple of paragraphs reveal this. At the Pentagon, military officials said that they did not need to request authorization for the strike of the 
mother of all bombs, from Mr. Trump, although three officials also acknowledge that if Mr. Obama had still been in charge, the Defense Department would probably have sent the proposal to the White House before proceeding. Oh, how troublesome and tiring to get some sort of approval from the actual commander-in-chief before flexing that muscle. Um, the article concludes on the note that uh, Mr. Trump has approved uh, com giving his commanders more authority, giving the Pentagon a rare freedom to assert its control over national security policy from a commander-in-chief who eschews quibbling over the details. But I'm sorry, aren't the details the heart of the deal? Sure. I mean, you know he's got this book, The Art of the Deal, but it, what she didn't even write. You know, she didn't even write, of course. <laughs> I'm sure he didn't even read it <laughs> to go beyond that. But wonder if he proofread it. <laughs> if you don't want to quibble over the details, then you're not really making the best deal. So if you're not interested in even, oh, yeah, just go ahead. You guys do whatever you want. That's a troubling trend to think that the Pentagon can now make decisions on their own regarding when and how we bomb. Sure, and th this, of course, is the, you know the reportage on this has been going on for uh, several months now. This this even precedes uh, recent uh, attacks uh, involving the tomahawks and the Moab. Uh, you gotta love that uh, acronym, uh, Moab. This this you know goes back to, for instance, a, a headline that says Trump may give Pentagon leeway on raids, quicker action over terrorism mm -hmm. from March third. By Helene Cooper and Eric Schmidt, uh, who's Eric Schmidt's one of the uh, sort of premier New York Times uh, correspondents on intelligence matters uh, that goes into the details of uh, of Trump's new leeway. You know, it's interesting that James Mattis was not part of the picture. Correct. The picture of the uh, the war room. Oh my God! They're going to see the big board. The big board. Shows the big board, and of course, there's more members of Goldman Sachs in that room than uh, than there are the military. Only McMaster <laughs> yeah. from the military was there. Two of the other generals were not there. Uh, it was kind of surprising not to see Ben Carson there, but <laughs> he was still stuck in that elevator. You heard about that, right? Yeah. Stuck in the elevator. <laughs> he forgot to push the button, perhaps. <laughs> Closed door. <laughs> yeah. Um, hello. Who knows uh, about that story? <laughs> That's got fraud written all over it. And, of course, these, these stories about Syria are just uh, mind-bogglingly lame. Uh, there's been hardly any mention of Turkey and Saudi Arabia in this complicated disaster. Um, our erstwhile allies. And, of course, you know, Turkey is... Been in the news over the weekend as we've had another uh, totalitarian-style dictator uh, throw out a referendum for reaffirmation of how popular he is, and of course, you know how uh, he can lose uh, the eight biggest cities in in Turkey and still win the referendum is a bit of a mystery, <laughs> but <laughs> they'll be counting votes, recounting votes. Um, but you know, you know this this complicated problem in Syria is just beyond Trump's uh, known capability or understanding of the area. So this message that was sent, I don't, you know, I don't know what the mess. I think the message that was sent was, um, we don't really have any ideas. Here's a punch in the face. Yeah. For somebody. And we, 
are we're not going to really back up a, a, an international objective investigation to what really happened. Uh, of course, previous uh, investigations by Seymour Hirsch, for instance, have suggested that Turkey has been somewhat involved in these uh, chemical weapons incidents, uh, the, the goal being that they want America to get into, this, into the war. Mm -hmm. um, Turkey's interests, of course, in Syria are, are related to the Kurds. And in recent uh, months, I would say dating back about eight or nine months now, it's actually been the Kurds in the north that have made the, the biggest gains. So it's quite clear that the goals and objectives of Turkey versus the United States are not the same. Mm -hmm. uh, any more than the Saudi uh, interests in Syria are the same. Because it's quite clear that Saudi Arabia must be feeling kind of nervous about the fact that the United States went into Iraq back in 2003 to benefit who? The Shiites. So then we have this complicated problem in Yemen, mm -hmm. another country that Trump has suddenly decided is part of the, the war zone of America. The, the, the zone is, is starting to kind of talk about mission creep. Northeast Nigeria, up to Libya, over all the way north latitude-wise, all the way to Afghanistan and the Hindu Kush. Is Indonesia next? It's starting to get scary. Where all these, uh, what all these objectives uh, are, are going to ultimately accomplish is anybody's guess. I don't think Trump knows. Uh, I don't think he has a plan. I think that he's still winging it. He's still dealing with all of the, the failures. He wanted a win, a quick win. He sees this as a, as a victory. He wants to have that parade. He needs that affirmation that the compliant main, mainstream media is giving him because they're into this ludicrous idea that war is simply about American Air Force capability, mm -hmm. which... Let's face it, it's second to none. Uh, we're not going to be challenged in the air. We haven't been for quite some time. But at the end of the day, these problems involve the ground war. And, uh, and the delicate dance of international relationships to try and prevent situations from escalating. Sure. And, of course, how bizarre that Mike Pence, I want to call him Steve, there's so many Steves in the Trump administration. Well, he's got that shock of white hair like Leland Palmer. You know, even Steve, Stephen Miller was in the war room. I don't know whether he was representing Jeffrey Sessions or who, Steve Bannon. The three of them are close, we're told. And, of course, more and more stories about palace intrigue. Oh, yes. Who's up, who's down, who's out, who's in. But clearly McMaster has uh, got a little bit more uh, clout uh, these days than uh, Michael Flynn ever had. <laughs> He's in hot water. He's uh, dealing with those pesky associations with Russia and Turkey, of all things. 
He was working for the Turkish government. Erdogan. And apparently there's uh, some uh, heavy investigations going on, uh, about Russian money laundering and banking practices in Cyprus. Not surprising. Uh, these financial connections to Donald Trump are, are just simply sort of hanging out there. They're not, mm -hmm. they're not, we're, we're not really going uh, into the details. And of course, Trump hasn't uh, supplied any financial information regarding his taxes. There were protests over the weekend about that. Trump's mysterious uh, $916 million loss carried forward for 20 years has still not been explained. Um, and neither have these uh, connections between many uh, Trump properties sold in Florida to Russian oligarchs. What's this all about? I think we need more answers. Call in the FBI. Well, I think as that investigation quietly chugs away in the background, I think the, the longer it goes, the deeper it gets into uh, a world of mystery. But the, as you say, the, the connections are so... On one level, transparent. This weird uh, banking history of uh, Paul Manafort is sort of like this, the best example. But uh, I think we're just biding our time waiting for these findings. I, I, they're obviously quietly, very carefully building, hopefully, an airtight case. Well, yeah. And, and of course, the distractions that in, they're involved in these military strikes are... They're impressive. You know, Congress has been out of session on Easter vacation for the last couple of weeks. So Trump has been able to dominate the news when Sean Spicer isn't dominating the news. Well, and their uh, Easter egg roll even, uh, I think, occurred. Although there was some question about whether or not that cherished White House tradition was even going to happen because they sort of let it slide, forgot about it practically till the last minute. Was that Sean Spicer in the Easter Bunny costume <laughs> being raked over the coals? <laughs> Rolling around in the coals? Yeah, I mean, uh, impressive. Well, Nunez, of course, has been uh, forced to step down from uh, his chairing the uh, investigation into the Russia connections. His uh, oh-so-cozy visitations to the White House to brief people before Congress was briefed uh, didn't fly with the Ethics Committee. Which, of course, the Republicans uh, toyed with the idea of getting rid of altogether on the eve of this current Congress. And, of course, last week, tr as Trump was standing up for Bill O'Reilly, <laughs> a vacation <laughs> suddenly came up for Bill O'Reilly. Uh, he's on the hot seat. Um, <laughs> this is remarkable stuff, to say the least. It's the uh, the Trump uh, Roger Ailes Bill O'Reilly Three Stooges show. Well, on the Bill O'Reilly note, uh, one of the funniest headlines I've seen in weeks, uh, and on some level, of course, there's personal tragedy involved in this story, perhaps. But uh, in Wednesday's Times, uh, I had to read this headline and laugh, and I suppose many listeners did too if they saw it. Governor's downfall amid sex scandal is bitter setback for Alabama Christians. Yes. Uh, surprise, surprise, Alabama Christians. Um, you know, I'm sorry that your desire to have the complexities of the world 
explained away in a sort of Manichaean uh, good and evil are black and white uh, sort of worldview. But no, in fact, the uh, varieties of human psychology and uh, the, the just strange complications of the world, uh, this good Republican governor was having an affair. Shocker. Shocker. And, of course, there was a photograph of him uh, meeting the Azalea Trail <laughs> That's right in there. Girls with their... Fresh from their Jeffrey Beauregard Sessions cotillion. Gigantic. Ballroom gowns that I do declare that uh, Joe... Uh, it's hard to see uh, how a man could compose himself in such a uh, company. That's right. And, of course... Uh, who can forget the picture of Donald Trump meeting Jeffrey Sessions uh, at uh, the airport with the Azalea Trail Girls uh, <laughs> as part of the greeting party? Uh, well, to, to be fair, in that context, those sort of huge uh, hoop dresses would provide uh, a woman some degree of protection from the, the grabby little hands of Donald Trump. <laughs> well, he's, uh, he's a work of art. <laughs> I still am dying for the the wrestling match with Big Bird. <laughs> I, think, I think that will go down as uh, probably one of the most potentially entertaining events in the history of human civilization. <laughs> as Big Bird, who wants to desire to hug Donald Trump, he likes to hug people. He's a friendly guy, Big Bird. <laughs> Running across the room and knock Trump out of the ring. And the crowd goes wild. <laughs> on his, on his, his tuchus. He's landed on his tuchus. The uh, grudge match of the century. <laughs> if not his crown. And of course, since Trump is, is part Donald Trump and part hamster, it can be Big Bird versus the humpster. <laughs> he's, he's running around on that wheel in the hamster cage. Trying to figure out how he can distract the media next. What will it be? Who knows? Yeah. But, of course, uh, speaking of the tax uh, the issue, there, there were protests around uh, the country over the weekend regarding Donald Trump's failure to be transparent about taxes. But it's, uh, you know, fascinating just... Uh, a couple of weeks ago, they have a list of uh, corporations that paid no taxes whatsoever. Want a list of these? AT&T, Wells Fargo, J.P. Morgan Chase, Verizon, IBM, General Electric, ExxonMobil, the Rex Tillerson Company. It's the one job Donald Trump has created as president, by the way. He created an opening for the CEO of ExxonMobil. Boeing, Procter Gamble, 21st Century Fox. Rupert Murdoch paid no taxes. This is amazing. These are the subsidies that they get. And of course, there are, real quickly, a lot of small businesses that don't pay much or any taxes because they simply don't make very much money. No. But you've just read a list of blue chip, big money making corporations that have million, sometimes billion dollar uh, profits. And by the way, the, the list that I just read were the tax subsidies over the last eight years. AT&T, $38 billion. Wells Fargo. Wait a minute, aren't they the, the banking company that opened up bank accounts for people that mm. didn't want them opened up? 
without their knowledge or permission. Uh, ExxonMobil, you know, and we we just had a report a couple of weeks ago about the uh, the bankruptcy of Toshiba, which is a Japanese uh, international conglomerate that owns Westinghouse. Their nuclear power plants down south might not be finished. They have received uh, the Westinghouse Corporation, a subsidiary of Toshiba, $8 billion in subsidies from the American taxpayers and the government to build a nuclear power plant. These subsidies, when they're given to renewable companies that are in the wind and solar business, are denounced as welfare, corporate welfare by the GOP. So it's it, this hypocrisy is just mind-boggling. It's 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 depressing. Yet we are told that tax reform is part of Donald Trump's next big thing. Well, that'll have to just get added to Jared Kushner's uh, to-do list. He's yeah. got Middle East peace. He's got uh, China on there. He's got. Uh, innovation um he's what else has been put on his plate um he's a busy guy but not so busy that he can't go skiing twice in the last three weeks i think once in aspen and once somewhere else with ivanka and uh the guy's credentials are nowhere i mean he's a in the real estate business which he inherited uh, I guess the one bright side of uh, the busy, busy to-do list of Jared Kushner is that that's largely the reason Bannon's being sort of shouldered off to the side. Or at least we're told. Uh, know, yeah, exactly. This, this may be a... Stagecraft. Maybe yet another false uh, um, thing. I don't know. You, you would think that he would have to sit down uh, Sean Spicer and... Give him a pointer or two about the the Holocaust Center. Yeah, the Anti Defamation League offered to uh, like give him a tutorial on the Holocaust. What? Uh, I mean, can you be can you be that uh, dumb? I mean, I would rake him over the coals, but he's he's hiding in his little cabin these days, embarrassed that he went in that direction. I'm uh, sure uh, Marine Le Pen thought, oh, a Holocaust Center. <laughs> we should build one of those. Yeah. Incredible. Uh, and, you know, what else can you say? <laughs> this man needs an education. He's a mainstream mainstream Republican. You'd think like a basic GED or a high school uh, degree education, you'd have some basic functional knowledge of the Holocaust. But the remarkable thing was that was, of course, part of the talking points that day that uh, Trump had delivered to him and he got confused. Dazed and confused. Well, we're out of time down here on Gray Matters here on WCBN FM Ann Arbor. Do stay tuned. Yazoo City Calling coming up next on this fine station. Thanks to the engineer who cannot be named for hanging in there once again and delivering this program. Stay tuned. Thursday nights at 7, it's Face the Music. 60 minutes of vintage recordings, traditional jazz, and other analgesics. A public service of Radio Free Ann Arbor. Broadcasting from the University of Michigan, WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. In Technicolor.
need work this summer? Summer 17 is a nine-week summer employment and mentorship program that pairs local businesses with Washtenaw County youth ages 16 to 24 to provide on-the-job training that sets the stage for lifelong careers, 